I'm not pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so while I'm at home, I've been doing a lot of interviews, but my daughter Rachel uh, is at home for the summer, uh, back from school, and uh, as we did last summer... Uh, we, way back when, when Rachel was in high school, I used to drive her to her high school and so she'd be on some of my podcasts and we started doing a thing called replies with Rachel where I did uh, a mailbag column because then she could read the questions while I was driving. Um, and anyway, so this is up to number six. So Rachel, welcome. Hello. (laughs) So it's replies with Rachel six. So here's what happened. I asked people for questions on my Twitter. They sent them in, and, and they're questions for both me and Rachel. Rachel gets to pick the I, I printed them out, but Rachel will pick the questions, and then she and I will answer them. Sounds simple. Okay, so the first question comes from at CCG History that asks, Rachel and Mark, other than Matches a Gathering, what is your favorite card game? Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I feel like we've played so many. <laughs> we have. Some, some, what are some staple favorites? Um, Like Sushi Go is a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, I was literally thinking that. Um, <laughs> Gonuts for Donuts I know we enjoy quite a bit. That's just that's just very similar to Go. I mean, it's it's a donut version of Sushi Go. But They're it's, very similar it's, games. It's, it's, it's sushi enjoyable. Sushi Go and Gonuts for Donuts are very, very similar games. Um, I mean, I mean... This is a very open-ended question because there's a lot of different card games out there. Yeah. Um, for example, like, I have a lot of fondness from college. My, my roommate and I played cribbage for, for, for years on end. And yeah. I enjoy cribbage. And um, my wife and I – in fact, I made a game called Mood Swing, which is a card game that my wife and I uh, used to play all the time. And um, I have – you know, there, there, I don't, there are a lot of different games. We, we – we have a Friday – on Friday nights, we have Rosewater Game Night, and so we play a lot of party games. Not all of them are card games, but we play some card games. Yeah, there are also just ones I like to play with just a standard deck of cards, like Spoons or Garbage or Solitaire, just ones you could just play out of that, like, 52-card deck. So those are always really fun games to play. Um, like Codenames is a great game if you count that as a card game. Apples <laughs> to Apples is fun if you count that as a card game. Yeah, I think that's the main question is what counts yeah, as what, a card game? <laughs> <laughs> what, what counts and what doesn't count? Does the game involve cards or it's only cards? Oh, one of my all-time favorites uh, is a game called Set. That's a pattern recognition. It's, it's a card game, I guess, because it's on cards. It's a pattern recognition game, which is a really different kind of game. I, I, I've always loved it. Anyway, lot, Timeline, anyway, there's, there's infinite fun card games. So. Okay. Um, the next question comes from at Wolf V. Uh, so it's two questions, one for you and then one for me. So okay. for you, it's what was the biggest missed opportunity in the D&D set? The biggest missed opportunity? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the one, the, one, the, 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 the one that as a player, when I used to play D&D, that like, I, if you had said to me, what's the thing you most wanted to see in the set that, that we didn't end up making? Um, it would be Bigby's Hand. Uh, in fact, back in the day when I played, it used to be called Bigby's Crushing Fist, I believe. Um, but you, the you, I was a wizard, and you got to make this giant fist. And whatever your whatever your hand did, that hand did. Anyway, it was a spell that I had a lot of fun with, and I had fun. I mean, not that there's way more popular spells, but it just uh, it was a spell that I really enjoyed. So the the fact that there's no, I mean, that's the one I missed was Bigby's hand. So um, okay, and then the question for me is, what's been the biggest change in your routine since your father works at home more? Um, I feel like nothing too much. I think the two biggest things are just having to remember to be quiet, especially during the sort of later half of the afternoon around like three, four, five o'clock ish when all of us are home from 
work things or school things or whatever has been interesting. And also the fact that we can make dinner and there's just no travel time that we have to factor for, <laughs> for the fact that you have to not only get off of work, but then drive home. Uh, the fact that you can just end work and just be out right away, then we can have like dinner out easier. So that's also really nice. Yeah. One of my running jokes is uh, I, I, we have like a den, like a little library. I, I work in the library. And then whenever I walk out at the end of the day, I go, I'm home. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think those two things. Otherwise than that, it's been very similar as to what it was before. Also, Rachel, I mean, Rachel's been off at college, so I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the summer, she's back, so obviously you're interacting during the summer, but... Yeah, but those are those are the two biggest ones I can see. Okay, from at ABWD Gaming, so for both of us, um, did we stick with our initial majors? So, start off with you. <laughs> okay. I went to communication school. Um... When I went into the communication school, I knew I wanted to do communications. I knew I wanted to do writing. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't really deviate. I mean, I guess I didn't pick my major till a little in. But, I mean, all that really happened was time to pick my major. I'm like, can I pick the thing I want? And they said, sure. And I said, okay, I want to write. And so, um, so I didn't know. I, I went into college knowing what I wanted and pretty much stuck to it. So, how about you, Rach? Yeah, well, I mean, I am a theater major, mostly an interest in directing, a little bit in playwriting, and I've pretty much mostly stuck with that. Like, I've gone into other avenues of looking into, like, advertising, for example, because I love writing and being creative, um, but I haven't really changed my major at all. So I've pretty much stuck with that, and it's more about, I think, getting uh, certain skills for my tool belts rather than, I think, having a certain named major, just because jobs and things keep changing all the time and perhaps there's a job in the future that is perfect for me that hasn't been invented yet so <laughs> yeah. we will wait and see <laughs> the thing i always i always i, I stress this to my kids is literally the job i do when i went to school there was not you couldn't study it it wasn't a field of like you know it, it, it there was no way in the world i could actually take a class in what i do now so who knows what the future has to hold so um, right. Get a good skill set. L- learn. Skills will apply no matter what the jobs are in the future. So get good skills. Okay. Next question. Okay. Next question is from at Montoya 23. How does the future of Match of the Gathering and D&D look as they relate to crossover events, both amongst each other and other gaming properties? Um, what was a complex question? Um, <laughs> do, do, do you want to handle this one, Rach? <laughs> okay. Mean, the crossover event sounds fun, just like from an outsider's perspective. Like, I really do love when things combine together, especially things that make sense thematically. So even though I don't fully understand the scope of it all, just standing from the background, just knowing what I know about Magic Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons, it does sound like very fun to put together. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I mean, for the longest time, we, we didn't want to cross the streams, was how we put it. You know, Wizards had two big, you know, fantasy um, products, and maybe we should keep them apart so people don't get them confused. All the Ghostbusters rule: don't cross the streams. Right, don't cross the streams. <laughs> so anyway, we we first D and D went first. They actually made some magic related stuff, and then we finally made a D and D set. I think once we do it and we've done it, um, like it. Inc- like one of the things is once you do something once, it just makes it easier to do the next time. So I mean. You know, Adventures in Forgotten Realms is doing well, so I mean, I, I I'm optimistic we'll have other opportunities in the future. And and like I said, they're both Wizards products, so that makes it a lot easier. Um, but I, I I'm optimistic. I mean, we have to see how this product does, but I, I am optimistic. Okay. Um, our next question comes from at Charlie Lapin. I believe it's how you pronounce it, L A P I N, uh, which who asks, which show are you most excited to go see in person? 
Okay, this is for you. Uh, <laughs> which I'm almost like to see in person. Yeah, it's been kind of tough not seeing uh, theater shows in the pandemic. I've seen a few, especially ones that my school has done um, online through lots of live streams and putting the videos on YouTube and stuff. Um, in terms of Broadway, which is sort of coming back, I feel bad for Six, uh, which is this musical about the Six Wives of King Henry VIII. It was in previews and was going to open, but then they got shut down before they could open up. Um, so I'm very excited for them to come back, finally get their moment in the spotlight. <laughs> um, I think that is a show I'd be very excited to see if I got a chance to go to New York, because I know the whole show, I've listened to the soundtrack, and I've seen YouTube videos of it, but it's just such a fun, like, rock concert-esque experience. I feel like you just gotta be there in person to really feel it all. So I feel like that's a show I'd be very excited to see if I got the chance to go to New York again. Yeah, actually, in 2020, Rachel and I were the only two members of our family to travel. In January, we went to New York... And we actually saw Beetlejuice, which was really good. That was yeah. a recommendation. I feel bad because Beetlejuice got uh, pushed out for Music Man. And because the pandemic happened before uh, Beetlejuice was up, then they their last moments of the show was just right before the pandemic happened. So I feel bad because I don't know if they knew that it was going to be over so soon, you know. So, um, But yeah, I mean, I feel like Six is something I'm very excited for. And there's definitely some new up-and-coming stuff. I heard they're making a Devil Wears Prada musical that's All happening right. sometime <laughs> in 2022. <laughs> And the movie's very interesting, and I think that'll also be very exciting to see, you know, once theater opens up again, to see how they pull it off. I think Elton John's doing the music, oh, something uh, like that, yeah, so that, that sounds cool. it's very, very intriguing. Um, okay, so from at the, or sorry, at the Coraco, um, who asks, how has college been? Uh, college for me has it going pretty good. I'm very excited for uh, senior year. I get to start doing more shows. I'm on more committees. Um, I'm very excited to take the classes that I'm taking uh, and start looking for jobs, which is <laughs> definitely very scary, <laughs> but also very exciting. And I'm glad I have the help of so many ad- advisors and teachers and people who are there to help me out. So yeah, we're going very, very well. Okay, from at MT Grug, which is like G-R-U-G, I'm asked, what was your dad's worst and best pun to date that you remember? Oh, the- <laughs> what what was my best and worst pun? I don't know. Do you do you remember a pun you've ever made? I've made a lot of puns, so that, that's. Uh... I know. I feel like I feel like it's a general overall vibe than it is like one that's been burned into my brain forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember like a like a pun you've made that I've just remember like any pun at all, like something that just stood out. Like I don't know. Yeah, there's a. I don't remember the story. Sarah and I, this is, sorry, this is not a Rachel story, but uh, we were in like a Costco and Sarah says, for some reason, Sarah goes, let's have a pun off. Let's see who can make more puns. And it was just funny because obviously I'm a, a little more adept at it than Sarah. And like, she was trying really hard, but like, I, I just kept one upping her. And then finally she's like, why did I do this? So, yeah, it's not that I want to remember like in particular, but there definitely has been a lot of like fun moments for things, especially like in games that we play and stuff. One that I remember so much was it was we were trying to have like a crossover between two different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was you had to name like a film. And I think the two categories were the location had to be at a wedding or a funeral, and the problem was an ethical dilemma, and we both just shouted four weddings and a funeral at the same time. <laughs> I mean, also, I've never seen the movie. I would just assume that a movie called Four Weddings and a Funeral has to take place at a wedding or a funeral and have some kind of ethical dilemma. It actually took place at four weddings and, <laughs> and one funeral. And one funeral. Was there an <laughs> ethical dilemma in the movie? I got to say I, I don't know. I've, 
I just I just assumed a lot of dile- yeah. a lot of dilemmas probably are ethical. You well, know? most movies have some ethical dilemmas. Okay, what's right. the next question? Okay, the next question is from at srpad who asks: Is it frustrating that the most popular format is now an eternal format, which essentially reintroduces a lot of the issues that were solved by creating standard? Okay, so obviously the most popular sanction or not sanction, but the most popular uh, format. Uh, is Commander right now. That's an internal format. Um, it is frustrating. Here, here's the biggest problem, which is when the the format that the most people play is eternal, what that means is it's defined by all the mistakes you've made. You know, like, like you know, like so many of what defines sort of what's viable are like color pie breaks from the past that like I either – wasn't able to catch or wasn't able to stop or got voted on, you know, and so just seeing like defining or cards that we just made a mistake and made too powerful. Like it, so much of what eternal formats are driven by are not things we meant to do, but things we sort of didn't mean to do. And while there's a, like, there's a lot of joy of seeing everything on display. Um, like one of the nice things about standard is that magic can change and adapt and so we can learn from our lessons and we can iterate. And so, like, one of the things is I feel like we are so much better at making magic now than we were 20 years ago. But yet the cards from 20 years ago carry the same weight in eternal format as cards we make now. And so, um, yeah, it, it, and they ne- – I mean, other than banning, they never leave the format. So, like, if I did something I, I didn't want to do or or even worse, sometimes I, I didn't want to do it and I was outvoted and it got done, having to, like, forever live with that, like, it never goes away, it, it can be very frustrating. I mean, the thing I do love about Commander is it is nice to see a casual format take off as it has. It's fun to, like, to have this lar- – like – I like the fact that more people are embracing this is fun and enjoyable and I hang with my friends and not that magic can't be competitive, not that that's not an aspect of magic and I love that that's there and people who want to enjoy it. I, I, I went to the Pro Tour for eight years. Like I, I do enjoy the competitive side of things, but it's also fun to see the casual side. Um, but could we have a casual format that's not all my mistakes and mistakes of R&D in the past on display? That would be nice, but probably not going to happen. Okay, next question. Um, from at Cube April asks, my girlfriend absolutely hates bananas, and therefore my two kids take great joy in offering them to her constantly. Do you do the same with your dad? Um, I don't know if we offer bananas, but we will like bring it up <laughs> at various points. <laughs> there are bananas in the house, which is a, a sign that uh, I, I, I love my family. Uh, but uh, no, my, my family does not sort of... Uh, Everyone knows not to offer me a banana, so I, I, I'm not offered I bananas. No, the funniest thing I remember, it wasn't bananas, it was coffee. And this is something that, like, I felt bad about, but I had a drink that I got from somewhere. And I offered some to you because it was called, like, extreme chocolate or something. And then as you sipped it, I realized it had coffee in it. And it wasn't until you sipped it that I was like, oh, I'm, it has coffee in it. I'm so sorry. And just, like, the face you made trying to, like, <laughs> swallow this. Because <laughs> you were also, like, I think, like, driving or something at the same time. Like, I offered you a sip of my drink. And, like, at the same moment you sipped it, I was like, oh, no, it has coffee in it. And just you trying to drive <laughs> while sipping this, like, coffee drink. I just felt so bad in the moment. So it wasn't bananas, but I just felt really bad about that for a while. <laughs> In, in general, my family's nice to me, so. Yes, it was not intentional, <laughs> malicious harm. 
Okay, um, from at Chooms underscore, have you and Rachel found new hobbies or old new versions of old hobbies during the pandemic? Well, I have. Do you want me to go first? Sure, you can go first. Okay, so one of the things that um, normally in December, one of the things about work is it's hard for me to take a lot of time off um, just because I, I lead so many teams. But I've kind of got it set up that I can take off a bunch of weeks in December. So my big vacation time usually is December where I take a bunch of weeks off in a row. Um, and it's tradition that we'll break out a table and we'll do jigsaw puzzles. So normally I did jigsaw puzzles like in December, I would do jigsaw puzzles, but I, I didn't do them the rest of the year. I just did them when I was on my big break. Um, but when the pandemic happened and we, we had nowhere to go, uh, I decided to like, let, let's do some jigsaw puzzles. Uh, and now it's just become a, I do jigsaw all the time now. So I just, the table's in a family room and I'm constantly doing a jigsaw well, puzzle. the puzzles used to be like a holiday thing. Like it was kind of reserved for the holidays. Yeah. And now it's just kind of become like a year round thing. Yeah. So I, I um, now do jigsaw puzzles all the time now. Yeah. In fact, I just, I just did a magic <laughs> one for those that follow me on Twitter. Uh, my, I'd given it to my dad, I don't know, many, many years ago. It was from Japan in 1997 and it was a whole bunch of like alpha cards Anyway, my dad had found it when he moved, and he gave it back to me, and then I did it, and so I posted it. It was, it was a fun puzzle. Yeah, and I think for the whole family, um, well, one that's kind of a consistent one is just uh, going out to eat somewhere, and by going out, I mean, like, ordering the food and either picking it up or having it delivered to us, but we seem to do that every week. That's kind of been, like, a pandemic thing that's happened, and we just kind of continued that, and it's nice, you know, because especially because, you know, supporting the economy with like local businesses and stuff like we always see like you know what's around town and what are you know smaller places that we want to support so i feel like that's a really right. nice the, thing to do <laughs> when the pandemic started the the, the the what we started was every wednesday we do takeout from a local place and every saturday we do pizza from a local place yeah. although pizza's been here forever that was that's not a new pandemic well, I mean, thing. B- b- pre-pandemic we used to just get it from the grocery store and make it ourselves oh yeah and post-pandemic we've been going out to, to pizza places specifically to mm-hmm. to support all the pizza places um yeah but so twice a week we, we go out to the community and we're, and we're getting yeah. you know, we're just trying to support stuff and, yeah. and, and one of my favorite pizzas is pizza hut which is a little longer of a hike than any of our <laughs> other pizzas but i i love the pizza hut pizza it's very <laughs> delicious yeah there's a, actually a bunch of uh we live in issaquah and there, there's a bunch of issaquah has some very good local pizza places so although our favorite one uh it's called delfino's which is in university village which is a ways away but it does chicago chicago style pizza so yeah. D- deep dish pizza okay the next question from at k hk i'm not quite sure how to pronounce that so i'm just spelling it is your dad a seymour a hamilton or a new snobby this is very funny to me. So for those of you who do not know musical theater, Seymour is the main character of Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, Hamilton is the main character of Hamilton. His name is Alexander Hamilton. And Usnavi is the main character from In the Heights. So I feel like you have uh, traits of these various characters in you from Seymour, someone who is definitely kind, a little bit anxious. I think it's where I get that from, too, a combination of both of them. Um, from Hamilton, obviously, just all of like the writing power, just mm-hmm. so much writing that happens. And with um, Usnavi, definitely a lot of like confidence in what he's doing. I feel like both <laughs> of you have <laughs> both of those traits aligned with you. I think out of all of these, uh, probably Seymour. I mean, not to know like your little musicals, it's like Little Shop of Horrors, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I feel like Seymour, I definitely see a lot in you in terms of just like vibe kind of the aesthetic <laughs> although Seymour wears a little more like button up shirts than flannels but yep. I definitely feel like this is someone who you know cares a lot about the people around him someone who is uh, kind 
And even though he does not end up making the best of decisions in his musical, <laughs> I feel like his intentions are good. <laughs> Which is not that he'd make bad decisions. Yeah. But I feel like you definitely have that like combination of just like, you know, caring for everyone yeah. and doing your best to make sure that everyone is happy all the time. I feel like that's something that Seymour has a lot of in him. But odd plants are not my hobby. Odd plants are not your hobby. <laughs> Do you feel like you identify with Seymour Hamilton or Usnavi more? No, I mean, there's aspects. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you know. About. I mean, obviously, Seymour, you know a lot about I, I, of. I, Hamilton, you've seen Hamilton. <laughs> and we just saw the In the Heights movie. I know all three. I know all three shows. I've seen all three shows. Um, uh-huh. I mean, Little Sam Horror is my favorite show, for those that don't know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I see components of each. See, I mean, there's definitely a lot of writing overlap with Hamilton, but Hamilton is kind of like a narcissist, and that's sort of his <laughs> downfall. And you're very good at writing, but I definitely don't think you're like a narcissist and like all like in your head about it. I think that's sort of like the like the Seymour part of you that ties it back, where it's kind of like you have all this writing power, but you definitely have a lot of like humility to you. Because if you were a Hamilton kind of a person, I don't know if I could handle that all the time. <laughs> you have the good parts of Hamilton, not the bad parts of Hamilton. Okay, next question. <laughs> okay, the next question. Um, okay, so from at VM Campos. So two questions, one for you, which is any thoughts on missing San Diego Comic-Con? Um, okay, so the last two years it's been online. Um, I, I did videos for both, so I was able to participate. But uh, And I miss it. I mean, I, I miss leaving my house, for starters, but... Um, more so than that, like I really, San Diego Comic Con is one of my favorite things. I don't actually travel that much anymore. It's one of the few trips I make every year, and I've been doing it for a long time. And even before this last run, back when I lived in LA, I, I used to go to there a bunch as well. So I have a lot of fond memories of San Diego Comic Con, and I, I, do, I do miss it. I'm, I'm excited. I hope, fingers crossed, that in 2022, that we actually can have a live Comic Con. And I will be there talking magic. So, okay. Okay, and then the question for me is, what's been a way you've coped with the pandemic? Um, I feel like the pandemic has been overall pretty okay. I mean, the hardest thing for me is, like, obviously studying theater. It's hard to do theater not in person, but it's definitely interesting that we've learned to sort of adapt with the online format because it definitely has its over overlap between you know what counts as theater and what counts as film because we've already discussed that a lot even before the pandemic happened so it was really nice to actually put that into practice um a way i've coped with the pandemic um i feel like when i was i'm thinking to myself more when i was at my dorm um because i had three roommates when we first started out myself and three other people because we all share like an apartment style dorm um and two of them moved out for various reasons. So the other one that I had was my uh, friend who I've known for a year or two previous to that. And so a lot of times what we did was just watching like very bad movies. <laughs> Our favorite genre is like early 2000s teen movies. It's like The Click, The Bratz movies, <laughs> like anything that a 12-year-old girl would have obsessed over in the in like the early 2000s is something that we just found hilarious for both like nostalgia reasons and just having fun reasons. And I think we're going to start expanding our list more of, like, bad movies to go back to. Like, I've just been reminded of Romeo and Juliet, the <laughs> Romeo and Juliet version starring gnomes. And I brought this up to her, and I think we're going to plan to watch it at some point. Because it's a memory that is so buried so deep in me <laughs> that I need to figure it out again. So, bad, watching bad movies has been a very fun way of just, you know, handling the pandemic. It's just, it's, it's a, nice, <laughs> a nice way to handle everything that's been happening. Okay, um, from at 
Carl Jones 259. Would you, if able, under current design philosophies, rewrite the color pie from scratch? Um, well, because I mean, uh, two things. Would I rewrite it? No, uh, in the sense that there's so much inertia for what's going on. But okay, let, let me a- ask the more interesting question. What would I do? Let's imagine that I, for whatever reason, it needs to be redone. Um, I, I think I would have a really fun time if, like, someone said to me, you have to start magic all over. You know, magic's going to, we're, we're going to stop everything that you know, and we're going to create magic anew. Um, I would have a lot of fun sort of, like, taking all the knowledge we have from all the stuff we've done and recrafting magic and sort of adapting stuff. Um, and I think with the color pie, there are different things I could, I mean, I haven't, I haven't done this, this exercise, so this is more me just roughly thinking, but there, there definitely are things, like now knowing what I know and watching it, you know, I, I, there's some things that have been set up that, and, you know, that I, I might change around a little bit. Like, for example, like, tutoring being centered in black is weird. I don't, that was just like somebody, Richard made a card in Alpha and somehow that became the centering of tutoring. And, um, but no, it, 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 I wouldn't change it now just because of inertia. But I mean, if I had to redo it, there, there's some fun things. It, it, it'd be, it would be a very interesting exercise to say, okay, um, and some stuff would definitely stay, you know, there, there's stuff that's so core and so fun versions of what magic is. Like, I, I don't think red's losing direct damage or anything. Um, but I would take some of the more secondary things and really talk about, is that the right place for them? I might also do some structural things about who destroys what and, and make some more concrete things. The other thing I might do also is I'm becoming more to believe, and some of this will get adapted, that it's okay to have, um, more colors do things, um, Obviously, all the colors can't do it because you want separation. But the idea of having, like, more colors be tertiary in something where in certain circumstances they get it, especially, like, keyword mechanics, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a little more open to that. So, But anyway, yes, it, it would be a fun experiment. I wouldn't actually do it just because I don't think uh, we should. I think magic is in a good place. But yeah. it, it is a fun thought experiment. I mean, we've definitely talked to it before. Haven't you brought up, like, purple or something like that? Well, purple is the, the sixth color. Oh, okay. The I, I, wouldn't, I, I would not add a sixth color. The honorary color. Well, I, <laughs> When, when, when you have a game with five colors, people keep asking, well, how about the six color? But uh, if I was going to redo magic, I would not add a six color. Five, five is the right number of colors. Okay. From at Barricus, I believe I pronounced that correctly. Um, in what ways have you inspired each other, both personally and in professional slash studently? <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> um, for me, I guess, um, I've definitely been inspired a lot. I mean, for very concrete things, especially, like, writing, I feel like you definitely help me a lot. Like, even now, like, I will definitely, like, draft emails and be like, I should call my dad about this. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been doing a little bit better of, you know, putting things together. And I feel like I've been doing very well and with, like, essays and articles and things that I've written in college. So I feel definitely very confident in that. And in terms of just, like, uh, like personality-wise, you know, all of, like, the details, you know, somewhat of... Uh, I guess I guess not like perfectionist, but I feel like sometimes just having the anxiety of worrying that you're forgetting something just causes you to like worry about everything, which <laughs> is both good and bad. Like especially depending on if you have like group projects and stuff, you know, learning who delegates what responsibilities. But it's especially good for if I have a solo project 
by myself. I feel like you've taught me definitely how to take the reins on that and sort of break everything down into its pieces and look at it as a whole, as like a big picture thing, and then be able to go into each component of it and figure out the details from there. So, Uh, I see. The thing that sort of inspired me from you is one of the things that I really appreciate about you is that you really uh, lean into your passions and that you're very no hold barred. It's like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And um, that's, I definitely have, uh, has thought a lot about it sometimes where I'm like, you know, I'll straddle things a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, no, I should, I should lean in a little more. And so um, I, I definitely, that's something that I, I admired in you. And I, it's, it's inspired me to sort of, when I think about doing things, like in some level, like, um, it's funny, like we talked about the puzzle earlier, like, at some point, I'm like, I, I like doing this. Why don't I just do it? Like, why is it a once a year thing? I like doing it. I could do it all year long. No one says no one says it has to be once a year. So, yeah, I feel like that's something. I I always like saying everything's a, a social construct. That just you know the way that we think about things. Like I remember someone once said they were talking about um, like breakfast foods, and I said anything's a breakfast food you eat it in the morning. And they just got very like upset with me because <laughs> they were like, <laughs> they were like, "What do you mean by that?" I'm like, "Well, breakfast is like it's a morning food. If I decide to eat mac and cheese at seven a.m., are you to tell me that's not a breakfast food?" <laughs> and they just got so upset with me labeling anything as a breakfast food based on the time of day. And same thing we're talking about. I think like Thanksgiving foods. This is like different people, and they were talking about like, "Oh, in my family, we do these Thanksgiving foods and these Thanksgiving foods." And I'm like, "Well, anything could be a Thanksgiving food, as you just serve it on Thanksgiving." And they all. <laughs> Also, we're like, what? <laughs> I think just really kind of throwing all of your <laughs> rules out the window and thinking about things in terms of like, you know, is this something that has to be or we just chose it to be this way and that's just what it is. Like, I think that's always a fun thing to play around with is like, you know. I, I think we can start a new meme. <laughs> just, going, <laughs> just breaking constructs. Is I it- think it's so fun. Yeah, no, because what we did, I, I was reminded of this because I just did at my camp thing, like a carnival thing. And throughout the day, we gave out, like, you know, fake money, but we did, like, throughout the week for, like, good behavior. But the funny thing was, by the time we got to the carnival, the kids would spend their money on things, and I would just end up just giving them more money, because I was just like, oh, the kids are just having fun, you know? No no kid, like, abused the system. No kid was, like, spending all their money right away and coming back to me for more money. Like, they were all pretty decent with that, so I felt good about giving them more money <laughs> as time went. But it was just kind of funny, because I was, like, they earned it all for good behavior, because they all, you know, were able to listen about the whole week and follow the directions but at the end of the day i was just holding a stack of money i was just like the jeff bezos of this carnival like i was just holding so much money in my hands and i was just like i could just give all of these children like hundreds of dollars each if i wanted to it's fake money that we printed and so it's yeah like- <laughs> it, so i had a similar camp experience so i i uh many years ago when i was a camp counselor um we did finger painting with pudding i had little kids like six-year-olds or whatever and the kids had a great time and then I remember someone was c- coming back to me and they're like, yeah, these don't look really good. And I'm like, that's, that's not the point. <laughs> the kids are finger painting with pudding, not because the, the art that results Somebody from it is... said it doesn't look good? I'm yeah, like, excuse me. <laughs> I, I'm like, I mean, first of all, it's a six-year-old, so I'm not sure what art project... <laughs> but I'm like, it, it isn't really about the quality of the, the end result. Is the kids had a blast finger painting with pudding. It was fun for them. And it was very fun. It was just... I. I always think back to that in the sense of people sometimes, and this is a great game design thing actually, is why are you doing something? Uh-huh. Why, why are you playing this game? Why are, like, you know, and that people sometimes get really caught up in 
something that has nothing really to do with it or some right some external thing that they're, they're said yeah. to care about but like that doesn't matter like it's you know it, at, at the core it's no, about this i've i've definitely learned in camp i'm like you know figure out what fights are worth fighting because kids will get upset about many things and sometimes it's like okay you'll be upset about this thing and you'll be sad about this thing and in the grand scheme of things like it doesn't matter you know that's always the hard thing is like you know we understand consequences and the passage of time so telling kids to you know drink water put on sunscreen when they're not thirsty or whatever it's like look i know you're gonna get sunburned later on <laughs> so put on some sunscreen now you don't understand this but you're gonna yeah. regret it and it's the same thing in terms of just like fights like some kid would be like i didn't get the color lollipop that i wanted and i'm like in the grand scheme of the whole universe it's not going to matter like obviously it does to this child but it's like are we going to pick this fight or are we going to like focus on something else like there's a lot of things that children get upset about and it's like, which ones are the ones to like be concerned about and which ones are the ones that are like, okay, like, let's just, you know, calm the, calm the kid down and like move on because that happens and, so and, many times. And just, we have to wrap up because I, I, I see we're getting to my desk here. Um, just to tie this all back into game design. Um, one of the things that's really interesting is, right, picking your battles, what matters. Like a lot of times, for example, making magic is a, is a collaborative effort, right? And so you have to sort of pick and choose, like, where does it matter and where does it not matter? Where is this going to lead to something that's important and where is it insignificant? You know, like, somebody else might be doing something that's important that they want to do. And so, you know, that, that's, that's a good life lesson of sort of understanding of picking when it matters and when it doesn't matter. But that's also strange, especially also with working with other people, because mm-hmm. it's definitely, especially when you're working with someone else, there are things that they will care about that I'm like, oh, I don't see this as big, so you can fight this thing. Or and there, there are other things where it's like, I think this is an important thing that you do not think is important to you, but I think it's important. So it's also interesting seeing like the distinctions between like what fights we're each willing to pick. Yeah, no, no, that's always <laughs> Which is also another conversation to get into. Um, do, you have a fi- do you have a final question? Final question. Oh, <laughs> I'm just looking at all these questions. A final question. Dun, I, feel dun, dun. I feel there's always so much pressure to end with like a really like big question. <laughs> it doesn't have to. I mean, just be. It, it could be a fine. It doesn't have to be a big I don't question. Know. Okay. Um. Last question will be from at Jolo ninety nine. Have you or Rachel ever played Dungeons and Dragons? And has there ever been any interest in a Rosewater adventuring campaign? Um, no, I have never played. I, the one experience, which I remember is like the first experience kind of interacting with this game was we went on like a field trip somewhere for like a summer camp and it was like a mall because we were going to go see like Men in Black, like three or something. I don't know. And we were allowed to like wander around the mall with like, you know, groups. And my group was a bunch of people who really enjoyed like games. So we went to like a game store and I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm gonna like peruse around. But they came across Dungeons and Dragons, which I wasn't really familiar with at the time. And they're like, oh, we want to sit here and do this. And I'm like, how long is this going to take? They're like, oh, it could be like a few hours. And I'm like, guys, we have to go see Men in Black. I don't have time to like sit down and play this. Mm-hmm. And all of them, literally the entire group except for me was unanimous in staying there. They're like, we'd rather miss the movie and stay here to play this game. And me, I just didn't understand that. So I was like, I'm going to go to the movie. So I went to the movie. And then I came back and they're still there. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I watched the whole Men in Black 3 and you're still here? <laughs> like, It was just mind boggling to me how long this could take because all my experiences with games have usually been within like a set time you know like even like the longer games when you think of you know like oh monopoly could take forever like usually it's been like a set like time limit it's never been that long for me that was the first time i ever well, been like whoa a movie the, could last the, this the thing long. about a role-playing like, game, yeah, is game. That, you're, you're familiar with having not played uh-huh, them is yeah. the way a role-playing game is it feel, it fits the time so the way role-playing is we're going to play for three hours or four hours and then you play as much as you play till you're done because it's an ongoing story right so 
like when I was in college or not college, uh, post college, when I was in LA, um, my my friends and I, we every Sunday we got together and like every other Sunday we played D and D, which my roommate Chris ran, and then every other Sunday I ran a Gamma World campaign. Um, but we would we, we would do that and like right, it was an, an number of hours, and that's how long it took because it's an ongoing story that you play next time. Um, now I've not played. I, I will. I don't want to name names, but there are. Uh, R&D members I know that uh, run campaigns with their kids. So I, I do know of that happening. So Yeah. In terms of like a whole family campaign, no. I've seen the way that we play family board games. And I feel like there are certain areas. <laughs> I feel like uh, that's the thing about, about our families. Like different people have different like strength and weakness areas. Like some of us are good at word things. Some of us are not. Some of us are willing to stand up and do physical actions. Some of us are not. And I feel like especially with the very long thing like D&D, I feel like there were certain people that would like certain things and certain people that would not like certain things. So to get the whole family to join would definitely be like an effort to put together yeah i mean <laughs> like i said my family we, we, we lean a little more toward party games that's kind of when yeah. we do gaming quick, quick quick games usually play like two two games right. every week right yeah. usually we'll play like a, a game night you know we'll play an hour hour to two hours and right it's usually two games okay rachel so i i see my desk so uh <laughs> I, i've made it to work so any last thoughts before we sign off for the day yeah uh thank you guys so much for sending in all these questions i'm very excited to finish up the summer and return back for senior year of college in Chicago. So yeah, thank you guys so much. Okay guys. So uh, since I'm at my desk, we all know that means means the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So Rachel, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I'll see all you next time. Bye-bye.